Blog Talk Radio. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to Veterinary Advice, Animal News and Views. I am Dr. Roger Welton, practicing veterinarian, coming to you live from the Florida Space Coast. Thank you very much for joining me this evening. I'm, as always, I am always thrilled to be talking to you. Ladies and gentlemen, as I always say in the opening of my shows, this is a call-in show, although as of late, my audience has been a little bit shy. The number is 877-878-1435. Toll-free number, that is, 1-877-878-1435. Give me a call. I am here to answer your questions about anything veterinary-related, pets-related, animals, dogs, cats. I'd love to hear your thoughts, concerns. Whatever it is you want to talk about tonight, feel free to give me a call. It's free, and I'd love to hear from you live on the air. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm a little excited tonight. I am barely containing my enthusiasm for tomorrow. My wife and I are going to the hospital at 5 a.m. And at 7.30, my daughter will be delivered. Uh, Scarlett Isabella, we're very excited about that. And uh, we've been anticipating this, of course, for nine long months. And she's coming out by scheduled C-section tomorrow. So for those of you listening this evening, please keep us in your thoughts and prayers. Everything is going well thus far. We're very excited about it, but we'd like to keep it that way. Thoughts and prayers are always helpful for that. So uh, the news cycle, as far as the material for the show, uh, was a bit slow this week. Not, not a lot going on in the news cycle. Nothing that interesting to talk about. And folks, I scoured and scoured and scoured as I always do. I'm always keeping an eye out for neat stories, informative stories, controversial stories, you know, all cool things to talk about. But the news cycle was slow, pretty weak. So, uh, I, I, but uh, listen, I, I worked all week and I'm never short of material. Believe me, I have a lot to talk about. And, uh, let's, let's go ahead and start with, um, little, a, a little, sort of backtracking of previous episodes, things I've talked about that I touched on that uh, sort of became very relevant this week. One of the things I had, I did a whole episode on was a topic called senior wellness. And this was several, several weeks ago. But senior wellness basically is once your pet, dog and cat, reach around five, six, seven years old, that's when we start to see things tend to start going wrong. Uh, You know, just like we hit middle age and suddenly – you know, you, you're healthy all your life, and you know suddenly this hurts, and this little growth is over here. And all of you who are in their 30s now can can identify with what I'm talking about. You know, things just aren't as perfect as they were, and little little doodads start to go wrong. Usually, nothing serious, but um, in the case of our animals, once they hit five, six, seven years old, they're equivalent to you know mid uh, 30s to mid 40s, and certainly with 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 animals. At that age, we do start to see some things go wrong. And as in human medicine, when we're dealing with any kind of illness or injury or disorder, it it is much easier to deal with it when it's caught early, before there's major clinical signs, before the pet is suffering. So what we recommend, and again, I talked about this in previous episodes, I won't get into it too much, but we, uh, we talk about doing what's called a senior wellness program, which... On a yearly basis in my hospital, what we recommend is having a full uh, senior blood and urine profile where we're you know, checking blood and urine for all the organ systems, see how they're functioning, checking the thyroid, kidneys, liver, pancreas, 
electrolytes, blood count, all that good stuff. Checking the consistency of the urine, how well is it concentrated, is there any funny cells in there? And we're combining that with digital x-ray, so imaging of the chest and abdomen. We're looking for any lesions, early cardiac enlargement, organ enlargement, masses uh, within the abdomen or within the chest. We're looking for all these things because, you know, if you catch them early, it's much better to deal with them while you still have a clinically healthy patient, a patient that's not showing adverse effects from these things yet. And believe me, I find them all the time. So this month coming up will, will be October, and that's Senior Wellness Month in my hospital. And the reason I'm bringing this up is because I took a couple of patients early that, you know, they, they got their little voucher in the mail that, you know, 35% off senior wellness. I, I mark it down. They get their comprehensive exam, their blood work, their analysis, all the x-rays, and we do that at a 35% discount because we're trying to encourage senior wellness. And in celebration of Senior Wellness Month, we're happy to do this. And I had a couple of people that were so excited about it. They said, hey, do we have to wait till October? I said, no, 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 come on, come right on in. So, you know, one particularly, uh, not just good client, but good person, um, you know, very, very, she's got like three dogs and, and she's just, I can't mention her by name, client, patient, uh, doctor confidentiality. Uh, that wouldn't, that wouldn't be professional, ethical, or illegal. So I, you know, I always keep things confidential. But, uh, if she's listening tonight, which she sometimes, sometimes does, lovely person, great pet owner, very dedicated, did a, a, uh, a senior workup on her dog. She was, so she was the first one, uh, to, for me to do this year as far as the special is concerned. And I couldn't believe what I found, folks. So this dog seemed to be doing fairly well. I didn't see any, you know, uh, we, we, dog's been on a few different medications for a few different disorders, has been overall quite stable, eating well, peppy, 13-year-old little Bichon. And I found on the x-ray, I found bladder stones, bladder stones, a bunch of little stones just floating around in that bladder. Ticking time bomb, ladies and gentlemen, because this is a male dog. So the males have this twisty, turny, kind of thin urethra. It's a long urethra. For people who don't know what their urethra is, that's the little tube that leaves from the bladder, comes out the pen. I won't say that word because some people get offended by it, but it comes out the male organ. And uh, ultimately, you know, that's where the urine comes out. So <laughs> how to catch myself there. Uh, it, it is a scientific word, ladies and gentlemen, but... Some people just aren't comfortable with it. So uh, anyway, <clears throat> because of the length of that urethra, because of the uh, narrowness of the male urethra, what happens is that uh, it's, it's prone to obstruction, far more prone to obstruction than a female urethra, which is shorter and wider. And these stones were all anywhere from a couple millimeters to a half centimeter in diameter, prime size to jam this dog up. And listen, a, a, an animal gets jammed up, can't urinate, can't empty the bladder, that is a serious, serious problem. We're talking a medical emergency, one that they can die from within, you know, 10 to 12 hours if it's not addressed. And it's really not a pleasant thing for them to go through either. Um, so back when I was an emergency doctor, I saw a lot of urethral obstructions. And, and it, you know, here we, we were just doing a routine senior workup, and we found a bladder full of stones. This was Monday. Um, beyond that, I uh, ran urinalysis, saw this dog's pH was off. And he's running an acidic pH. He's passing all kinds of calcium oxalate crystals, uh, which is a type of crystal that can precipitate in the urine at acidic pH. And that meant likely those stones were calcium oxalate stones, undissolvable medically. So the only option was to take them out surgically. Well, here's what else I found in this dog. It had a liver the size of Texas. Massive, massive liver. So 
I, I talked to the, the, the pet owner, the, the lady who owned this dog, and I just basically told her, well, here's what we have. We have the very large liver. Now, blood work didn't correlate horrible liver value, so I, I just still can't quite put my finger on what's going on with that liver. Uh, but lo and behold, it was just gigantic. So I, I, I said to her, okay, so we need to go in after these stones because they're a tipping, ticking time bomb. They could obstruct tomorrow. Or they may not obstruct for weeks or months or maybe never, but it's a big chance to take to not address this. So I would like to go in and get those stones out of there. Secondly, this liver is enormous. I'd like to inspect that liver while I'm in the abdomen, have a look around, make sure there's no weird-looking you know, masses, tumors, anything like that. If I don't see anything outrageous, then I'll just biopsy the liver and see what's going on at cellular level, see if I can help your dog. Lastly, he had a couple of uh, rotten molars, so my, my feeling was, well, okay, if everything's going smoothly, there's no complications, I close them up. Let's go ahead and clean those teeth real quick and uh, clean up those roots and hopefully heal up his gums. So, of course, you know, being the pet owner she is, she didn't hesitate, and we got it all done today. And I'll tell you what, we may have saved this dog's life, number one, because we prevented a urinary obstruction by removing those stones. Number two, we don't know what's wrong with that liver yet, but yeah, I find out there's something going on that I can help him with. That will not only increase his quality of life, but uh, probably increase his longevity. Lady and this dog are, like, uh, inseparable. They're very close, absolutely adores a dog. And by being proactive, by doing senior wellness, she gets to likely prolong the time that this dog will be on this earth with her and with better quality. So I just want to tell you, case in point, don't ignore senior wellness. It's really a good thing. It's very uninvasive. You're talking about a blood pull, catching some urine, taking a couple x-rays, and you can find out a lot of information that can save your dog's life. And that's one big anecdote I wanted to take away from this week. And again, it's based on information I gave you on a previous episode, but I, I, I love to uh, talk about things and then you know, present to you uh, real-time examples of how, you know, how, how what I'm about is really relevant. So, um, just a, just a, a great story in the end. Now that we were able to take care of all those problems, and hopefully I can help that liver. We'll have to see what the biopsy comes back at. So, um, let me uh, before I move on to the next topic here, let me go ahead and give you our live call in number for anybody who has any questions, comments, concerns, would like to voice over the air. It is free, ladies and gentlemen. Number is one eight seven seven eight seven eight one four three five one eight seven seven eight seven eight one four three five again it is free uh give me a call if you like moving on to the next little topic i wanted to cover today i did an episode oh maybe four or five weeks ago i lose track I'm, i do so many of these I'm, I'm i'm here on the air with you every week but anyway i, I know it was in a recently in a recent past episode i cover i talked about owners just having this aversion to placing e-collars elizabethan collars on their pets and, and unfortunately <laughs> there's often adverse consequences because that's our only method ladies and gentlemen to keep a pet dog or cat from licking their surgical wound and when they're going to engage in licking their surgical wound they can make that incision come apart in no time at all so we put these elizabethan collars on for those of you not familiar with those they look like an, uh, an upside down lampshade they are funny looking they can be a little bit inconvenient for the pet, but, man, can they save a lot of aggravation and complication. Well, case in point, ladies and gentlemen, I did a surgery on a dog yesterday. And, again, a real-time example, and I, I was itching to talk to you about this today. Dog had uh, – actually, I didn't do the surgery yesterday, sorry. I did it uh, Monday, 
and the everything was fine, no complication, anything like that. Dog went home. She wasn't licking in the hospital, so I actually didn't recommend or push for an e-collar because it's an older dog, seemed to be leaving her stuff alone. Well, lady comes in for a recheck yesterday. Very nice lady too. I mean, I, I don't, I don't mention these things to make anybody feel bad because hindsight is always twenty twenty, and unfortunately, some folks have to learn the hard way. Some of us are just like that. We 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 we're not happy until we learn the hard way. Well, this lady, very nice lady, uh, but she brought the dog in yesterday because she had been licking at her incision. She had licked out a couple of stitches. Luckily, I put a lot in, but she licked out a couple of stitches. She just wanted to make sure everything looked fine. So I had a gander. I looked it over, and I said, oh, it looks pretty good. She had told me, well, she seems to be leaving it alone. And I said to her, well, okay, well, you know, it, it's your option ultimately, but if she's licking now, she may continue to lick. She may lick more as the healing process accelerates because what happens is as things start to heal, they start to itch. Um, I mean, I'm case in point here. I'll, if I got a little cut or something like that, get to that scab stage, it starts to itch. I can't tell you how many scabs I've scratched off, and I know better. So, of course, it's not the dog's fault. Anyway... She was all about getting the e-collar. She was, you know, gung-ho about it. She said, yeah, I'll get the e-collar. Go ahead. And well, she got up to the front desk. She realized she had to pay for it. Uh, and I, that prompted her to decline it. Okay, fair enough. That's, you know, that's completely her right. Well, guess what, folks? I get a call this morning. Um, she's licked out more of her stitches, and now it's open in the middle. Okay, well, bring her on down. We now have to uh, put her under and restitch this thing. And, uh, you know, all because of the $27 uh, that she didn't want to spend on the cost of the e-collar. Well, today's visit ended up costing like a hundred and you know, hundred thirty, hundred forty some odd dollars. When I, you know, I didn't charge her for my surgical services. I tried to be nice. Again, she didn't do anything intentional. You know, she just basically gave her dog too much of the benefit of the doubt. Figured, well, I don't really probably need to spend the twenty-seven dollars. She's not going to do any worse than this. Life is good. Well, that's a big mistake. She trusted her dog. And, you know, didn't didn't want to put out the money because she thought her dog was going to be a good girl. Well, she wasn't. And, you know, so instead of spending $27, now she spent $27 because, you know, we had to put a collar on the dog anyway because we're not going to trust her again that she's not going to lick the incision. But I had to reclose it. You know, we had, she had to pay for a suture pack. Uh, she had to pay for the anesthesia to put the dog back under. You know, so there was some cost involved there. Of course, you know, I, I tried not to gouge her. I tried to keep it as reasonable as I could. But nonetheless... Spending what would have been $27 turned into not only having to spend, you know, around 140, 150 bucks, also to put the dog through that again, you know, put the dog under and restitch the thing. So everything went fine, but let's learn from this, ladies and gentlemen. Put the e collar on, spend the 20 some odd dollars for the e collar. Don't freak out that the dog's not happy about having the e collar because, in the end, the dog's going to be a lot unhappier when that incision is filleted open and the dog has to go back under anesthesia to have it dealt with. And you know what else happens is sometimes not only do they fillet open their their incisions, they can get really nastily infected, uh, sometimes to the point that it, it can get really ugly. So good lesson to be learned there um, at, at the risk of, of coming off. So uh, so I told you so. Uh, just wanted to share that with you today. So uh, let's move on to kind of a news topic. It's... Uh, it's news, but it's old news, but but new news. <laughs> I had the good fortune today of meeting a little beagle rat terrier mix, just an adorable little thing, sweet as can be, named Lily today. Now, Lily came with this lovely, lovely owner who had rescued this dog, 
she actually was one of the Gulf Coast rescue dogs. Um, uh, this dog, this particular dog came from Alabama. So, again, back to a previous episode, we had talked about these Gulf area dogs being turned in by the being turned in in droves because people no longer have the ability to care for them. They can't afford to feed them. They can't afford their health care. They can't afford their flea and tick prevention. They can't afford their heartworm prevention. They feel uh, just completely unable to care for the dogs and the cats too. And they're turning them in in droves and these shelters are overflowing. And, oh, ladies and gentlemen, if you could have met this dog. Now, this dog was only like a week away from being put to sleep. And I met this dog, and not only was she just the sweetest little thing, friendly, completely amicable, um, just so well-behaved for her examination and her visit, just a lovely animal. And this animal obviously was was loved by somebody. This this animal was obviously socialized by somebody. They they don't just automatically end up that way. I mean, it's always good to have a good a good start with just a naturally gentle personality, but. You know, this dog was socialized. This dog was loved. And she's also came potty trained. So she's two years old, and the shelter took her in. They got her spayed. They vaccinated her. Um, they, they they took heartworm. They did a heartworm test. So she's all ready to go. Basically, this lady, now that she has her back here in the Florida Space Coast, she needed to establish with, with a veterinarian and brought her in today. And it just reminded me to remind you on the air tonight that uh, there's a lot of dogs in need, folks, in the Gulf area, anywhere, actually, anywhere. I mean, yeah, it doesn't matter where you are in this nation. I will guarantee you, you go to your county shelter, they're overflowing with animals, dogs and cats, many of which are going to be put to sleep if they can't find a home. Find a place in your homes and in your hearts for these animals, because if Lily's any example, I almost got like a knot in my throat as I met this dog and saw how utterly utterly sweet this animal was it just wanted to be loved so badly she got her wish this lady i never met her before but boy did i get a great impression she just had such a gentle disposition and such an amicable disposition and she just kept telling me how lucky she was to have this dog how lucky she was she found this dog and i actually had to say to her you know i think she's very lucky too i think there's a lot of luck going around here and i think you're all very blessed so uh that was a really pleasant story today, so not not, not every story is uh, necessarily a lesson for you to be learned, but I guess there is a lesson in this, and the lesson is if you can find a place in your heart and in your homes uh, for one of these abandoned animals, by all means, uh, go ahead and do it. It'll be one of the most gratifying things you've ever done, and if this lady's any example of, of the positive impact a, a dog like this uh, can have on your heart and in your, and, and your home, it's just a good thing for everybody. So I'm going to go ahead and on the blog, webdvm.blogspot.com, where I do have a player uh, posted always for this show. You can listen live there. You can listen to archived episodes. I also post the transcript of the WebDVM, which is my YouTube show, so you can catch that archived there. Um, there I, but, but lastly, the reason I brought it up is because I'm going to go ahead and post those Gulf area uh, shelters in the bonus content section of this week's blog post. So keep an eye out for that. Check it out. See if you can, uh, you know, browse around and, and see if one really grabs your attention. Again, it'll be a wonderful thing you do for for society. Taking one of these animals, kind of do your little part in helping with the tragedy of the Gulf oil spill. So lastly, let's talk about our headline topic this evening. 
one last time, I'm going to give any would-be callers a chance to give me a buzz toll-free. Number is one eight seven seven eight seven eight one four three five. One eight seven seven eight seven eight one four three five. Again, it's toll-free. Give me a call. I would love to hear from you. We have about nine minutes to go. I'm going to jump into my next topic, but feel free to interrupt me. Well, as you know, folks, the title of the show is Rent a Dog. And, and for those of you who are regular listeners, typically the, the, the title of the show is going to be kind of my headline topic and, and what uh, I, I kind of my anchor topic and what I want to talk about today because, folks, this is something we all need to know about. This is a new thing in uh, the pet industry where you can actually rent a dog. And, God, it sounds, it sounds ridiculous, doesn't it? But it actually happens. There is a company called Flex Pets, F-L-E-X, uh, wait, F-L-E-X-P-E-T-Z. The company is called Flex Pets, Flex Pets, and their website is flexpets.com. And what this company does, they have all these dogs, and they have all different breeds, all different kinds. They got mutts, they got Labradors, they got Schnauzers. I mean, you name your type of dog, they have it, and they keep them in pretty much like a boarding facility. They have offices in all the major cities. There's one in New York, there's one in Los Angeles, one in Chicago. I believe there's one in Miami as well. Uh, so, you know, all of the, the, the four major cities of this country, um, and there may even be one in Las Vegas, but uh, don't quote me on that. But anyway, the, this company, what they do is they have all these dogs in this board, boarding facility, and the dogs are raised and trained. They're, they're, they're potty trained. They're socialized. They are trained very well. They are they are completely raised and reared by professional dog trainers. I guess they are treated gently and humanely by all reports. Uh, but what they do is they keep these dogs on standby for business people or people that just travel a lot for whatever reason that come into these cities temporarily, you know, maybe come in for a week at a time or a month at a time or two, three months at a time, whatever the case. And these people, it's really marketed towards people that, Really, they're not really in the city long enough to form any friendships, or they just have a personality that's not very amiable, not very conducive to making relationships with people, and they're lonely. And, of course, these people will tend to love animals but can't commit to owning a pet because they travel so much. They're never in one city for very long. Well, they can call up Flex Pets or their website and rent a pet. <laughs> they can actually rent you can they can go to they can put down their deposit they have a ninety nine dollar orientation and training session where uh they they have a a consultation with the pet they meet the pet there's an observer that makes sure that everybody clicks and everything's good and uh the p- person takes the pet home and pays so much per month to to uh rent the pet basically you know you can rent it for as long as you like. And when you're done, when you're going to jet set to another city, you hand in the pet and you go to the flex pets in the other city and you can get yourself another one, start all over again. Basically, the person who is a member of flex pets is never without a dog. Of course, they're always with a different one as they travel to different cities. But if they return to a given city, they can get the pet that they had before, possibly, but if they either reserve it or it has not already been signed out to somebody else. And, uh, you know, it's, it's, a lot of people actually really like this, believe it or not, as weird as it sounds. To me, it sounds just really weird. But I, I'm bringing it up tonight because I'm really creeped out by this. I think it's pretty lousy. I, I'm not for it at all. I, even if people like it, I think it's horrible for the dogs. It's absolutely terrible. Think about this. 
When I first got my Labrador Retriever, Bernie, he was a five-month-old puppy. I'll tell you what, by that, by the, by the same, I rescued him, and, and by the same night I took him home, that night, that dog was attached to my hip. I mean, it was like, my, my, my wife was just astounded. She said, this dog looks like you've owned him all his life. This dog is like your soulmate. He, he was just stuck to my hip. Uh, when I went to, when, when she came, went with me to pick him up, he's looking at me, and he's just barking his little, little puppy head off, almost like saying to me, Daddy, where have you been all my life? You know, this dog absolutely just fell head over heels for me. And, of course, I fell head over heels for him. I'm still absolutely crazy about the dog. And and, and the love that he has for me hasn't has only strengthened. The, the point of me bringing that up is because, say I was, you know, a member of Flex Pets, and, and Bernie just happened to be a dog that I was only going to keep for a month or a week or two weeks or whatever. Well, he falls madly head over heels for me, and I, he thinks I'm his, I'm his owner. He completely puts all of his devotion and love into me, and then I hand him back in. And then somebody else comes along he, and, and takes, takes the dog, and, and now he puts all his love and trust and devotion into, into a new person. Okay, well, now they're done with them. They've rented them. They hand them back in. Think how emotionally traumatic that is. It's absolutely awful what, what, what these people are doing to these dogs. They never, ever have any consistency in their lives. The moment they develop a relationship of trust and love with a person, they're basically abandoned. I mean, yes, they're cared for. Yes, they're fed. Yes, they go back to that quote-unquote facility to be rented out again. But, oh, my God, please think about this. Really, really think about this. That They never get to have a relationship. They never, ever get to have that bond. Uh, and and I think it's really emotionally damaging to these animals. It's absolutely awful. And and a lot of behaviorists, uh, I kind of researched this when I found out about it. A lot of behaviorists actually uh, find that these dogs probably suffer from underlying anxiety, depression, um, and 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 really are never going to be right. And it's it's a very cruel way to live. Uh, and I, I'm not for this at all. So if there's anybody who's an animal rights activist out there, if there's a PETA person, I'm actually going to write PETA about this. I've had mixed feelings in my life about PETA. I think there's a lot of credible work that they do. I'm so glad they exist. They, they expose a lot of stuff, and a lot of good happens because of PETA. They also, though, have some extreme elements within their organization that do the whole animal welfare cause a lot of damage. You know, it's just like kind of religious fanatics and terrorists that do stupid things that – that, that make any cause they may have, just it, it, it hurts the cause. Um, you know, it's a, it, extremists in any situation is not good. And, and, and I've had some issues with some extreme elements in PETA, but I think overall the, the organization is a good thing. I'm not a member, but I am going to write PETA and make them aware of this because I don't think it's right. I think, I think these dogs should all be adopted out and be adopted out permanently, and I think the thing should be shut down. Again, it's called FlexPets.com. Folks, put the awareness out. And, and if you're a person that uses Flex Pets, just think you're doing a very selfish thing. Yes, you get to have your little furry companion to have with you and prance around the city and have, have a, a companion and your, your rent-a-dog. But when you turn that dog in and you go on to get your next dog in the next city, just know that dog is going to suffer. That dog is going to grieve. That dog is never going to be able to put its trust in anybody. And it's just not right. So that's my last word of the evening. I have about two minutes left. If anybody would like to call, one eight seven seven eight seven eight one four three five. 
Last chance. Going once, going twice. Going three times. Going four times. All right, no one's on the queue. Quiet audience again this evening, but hey, you know what? That's okay because you're listening and you're listening in droves. I'm so pleased with our listenership. It's increasing every week. I just got contacted recently by a veterinarian in Canada who listens to the show. Uh, we've been uh, bantering back and forth about, you know, just kind of exchanging ideas. And uh, he's telling me a little bit about what he does, and I'm telling him a little about uh, what I do. So uh, this show is creating networking opportunities. It's always good to be able to do back and forth with uh, other veterinarians, especially from another country. I think it's really cool. Um, so, you know, we're growing, and, and even though you've been silent, that's okay. Sitting back and listening, there's nothing wrong with that. However, anybody who is extroverted by nature, like I am, and uh, would like to share their thoughts, concerns, always feel free to call me. You don't have to necessarily talk about uh, what I'm talking about. You can ask me any question, husbandry, care, uh, whatever you like. So... uh that is my last show until I'm going to be a daddy again. I, as, I have a two-year-old beautiful little boy, and I am soon to have, as of tomorrow morning, so excited, a little baby girl. Uh, again, folks, keep us in your thought and prayers. I will be back on the air next Wednesday because I broadcast actually right out of my home computer, so I will uh, I will be connecting with you again next Wednesday. I'll be sure to get you an update on how everything went. Hopefully, everything will go without a hitch, and I'll have nothing but wonderful, wonderful, happy news to tell you. Thank you for joining me, ladies and gentlemen. I appreciate your time. As always, I will talk to you next week. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right, ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com No purchase necessary. Forward, by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.